0: Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. As we're worshipping, I I just had a real sense of the deep, deep pool. Um, And I, I was reminded, we were on holiday a couple of years ago in south of France, and we camped by a river. And sometimes rapids are really, really nice. They're really refreshing. But there's just something about a really, really deep pool, especially on a hot summer's day. It's just so, so cooling. Um, And it was this... The river, it had these deep pools within it, and you could... I I wasn't brave enough. But David and Henrik dived in from the cliffs into the deep, cool water. And there was just, just something about depth that God has created here this morning. Um, And it's funny, as we're worshiping, I think God has really brought certain people here this morning on a purpose, uh, because I think there's something about the prayers that have saturated the ground here over the years. And we've got Mama Hill over from Spain. (laughs) And you've been with the church for a long time. I know you're not part of the church, but you are part of the church and your prayers have watered the ground. And same with Dave and Anne. You are part of the family, but you're not part of the family. But it's a funny one, because you moved, but you are still part of the family, and you've been praying for revival in this region for a long time. Yeah. And I also felt there's significant that Dave and Lina here this morning. You're not usually here on Sunday morning, because you're busy cooking Sunday lunches, but God has brought you here this morning. I just had a real kind of sense that God has brought old and new together. And do you want to go sit down, guys? Yeah. Or oh, you can stand there for the whole... Um, But I just have a real sense that God has brought old and new together, and he's creating something wonderful. And for something to mix together, you need a deep, deep well. You can't mix things well in shallow water, because you literally haven't got the space. And I just have a sense that God has really brought old and new, because we've had a wonderful, over the last couple of years, God has really added on to the Bay family with some wonderful new people. And so there's this whole combination of old and new, and the deep, deep pool is where God is mixing it all up together. And I I just, it's funny because it is about the new wineskin, but there is a part where there is just the roots that go so deep in to the prayers for this region for decades and decades. And that's That's the foundations of the revival to come. It's the prayers that have soaked the crown. It's not going to be a kind of sudden or why did the revival happen there. It's because the crown has been saturated by prayers. And if you look at when um, Paul was talking in Acts, when the Holy Spirit came, what did he draw on? was the scriptures from the Old Testament. He was pulling on the old. to give way for the new and there was this wonderful marrying of the old and new together and I just really believe that it is a significant Sunday this morning that God has brought all these different people for whatever reason for here and it's just to remind us that there is this mixing of old and new and the prayers that have gone before will enable us to go on and see God do amazing things not only in this region but in this nation and beyond. Um, so, I'm talking about encountering God's presence. Me, it kind of, of me if I could just be a cop out and say, oh, we don't need to have a sermon. We could just, just experience God's presence this morning. Um, but I do feel God's given me some little nuggets to share with you. Um, and the scripture I had to start with was Psalm 16:11, And interestingly, this is one of the scriptures Paul quotes in Acts 2, when he's just full of the Holy Spirit and declaring out who God is, who Jesus is. He quotes this scripture. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. How amazing is that? And the truth is there's nothing that can separate us from God's love, His presence. His presence is always there. So whatever you do doesn't God's presence is always the same. It's kind of you know when you do laws in physics, kind of something is and something isn't. It's a bit like laws of physics. God's presence is always here. What changes is our awareness of his presence. So he 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 doesn't change, he's always the same. And in John 14, I'll read out, um, just to rem- I, I'm sure you've all heard this time and time again, but it's just a wonderful scripture. John 14:15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. To be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. He lives with you and is in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then further on in verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. My peace I give to you. He's giving it to us. You don't have to earn it. You can't do all, if you follow step A to B. He's giving you his peace. And... I'm kind of loading you heavy on scriptures to start with. In Psalm 139. Verse seven to 79. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths... You are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your right hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Even there, there's nowhere you can go that the presence of God isn't. There's nowhere where you can hide from him. But you do have a choice to ignore him or acknowledge him. So he's kind of, if you want to, I had a, I had a funny illustration. David kind of thought this not really, David and Lynn are probably the only ones who would get it. Um, but tea and teapots. You can make a perfectly good cup of tea with a teapot without a tea cozy. You can maybe make a cup of tea with just a mug and a teabag as well. But... You're all English, so you love your tea, obviously, so you would be using tea co- teapots and tea leaves, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I just had a, the, kind of the sense about it was kind of, you can make a teapot on its own, you can make a cup of tea, and it's absolutely fine. But the tea cozy around it, it just makes it so much better, just keeps it so much hotter. And it, the, not that there's nothing wrong with the making a cup of tea without a tea cozy, but with the tea cozy. That's good. Amen. We are praying for the teapot revival. <laughs> Alan is shaking his head. But it's the same with us. You can happily plod on, you can be a Christian, and the presence of God can just kind of exist without you being aware of it. But how much better? would your life with God be if you were aware of his, aware of his presence? And that, that's the thing with the tea cozy. It's kind of, you can make a cup of tea without it, but with the tea cozy, it's so much better. And so fast. you can imagine yourself as a teapot with a little handle and, a, and there's a song. But that's what God wants to do. He wants to come and be a tea cozy and to surround you with his presence so that whatever is in you just becomes so much better, so, you're all going to remember the <laughs> teapot, but you have a choice, he's there all the time, and you can choose to be aware of him or not, and I was, God really reminded me of one of the first times I really experienced or felt his presence, um, was um, in the good old days when health and safety wasn't so high up and kind of safeguarding and issues like that didn't exist my parents put me on a train in Lapland to go and visit my grandparents for a week who lived in Helsinki it's about a 14-hour train journey i was on my own no mobile phones because they weren't even invented then and they just happily put me on the train and off i went I didn't think anything of it the following morning arrived in Helsinki my granny collected me from the station um, and I was there for a week, and I remember the first evening, I just we'd had a bedtime story and done a prayer and the whole thing, and I was tucked up in my room, and my grandparents were in their room, and I just suddenly had, the, the <laughs> it was a fear. It, it, it was just something. It's really, it was a really weird sensation because I'd been in their place before, I'd stayed there before, not on my own. And and the, the kind of, um, they live, li- lived in an apartment in central Helsinki, and it's an old stone building and it's the top floor, and there's trams in Helsinki, so you could hear the trams, and especially in night time, it just echoes around, and it's funny, because there's always a sound that I had loved, but for, that, for, for some reason that night, I just got really, really anxious, and I was kind of, um, my grandfather had been injured in a war, and he really struggled sleeping, so I knew I'd kind of, it was the rule, kind of, if Grandpa is sleeping, you don't disturb him. So I didn't really want to go into my grandparents' room to go and talk to them and say, I was scared. So I was kind of, what what do I do, what do I do? And I just saw a Bible on the shelf. And I just opened it up in Psalms and started reading. And got to Psalm 3, where it says... Verse 5, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. And that was it. (laughs) I just had this sense of peace just to come upon me. And it was amazing. And it was just by the simple thing of focusing on him. Nothing had changed. The drums were still going on past, making the same noise. I was still alone in the room. But I was aware of God's presence in the room with me, and I had his peace. And For me, God's presence is something that I think I've at times very easily taken for granted, because I was brought up in a Christian home, and I think there is just a level of presence that is in your home when you've been brought up, when your parents are Christians. So sometimes it's almost become a habit that you don't actually realize how good it is. And it's only when you talk to other people, Um, because I met last night I shared, because um, having been brought up in a Christian home, you don't have the boom, boom, bam uh, conversion story. Um, But what you do have is an amazing presence of God in your life. And we were talking with a lady in Toronto one time and she just made a comment, she she hadn't been brought up as a Christian and she just made a comment that I'm just so jealous of just, just the presence of God is in your life because of the investment of what your parents have made for you and the generations before that. There's just something incredible about the presence of God when we host it and we pass it on to the next generation. And I think it's something we've been quite conscious about is nurturing the presence of God in our home that we would usually have worship on because that attracts the presence of God like anything else. Because he loves to inhabit our praise. Yeah. And part of kind of having the choice to make is is not only kind of is in our communications with each other. We can choose to act in a way that brings the presence of God into the situation. Or you can choose to act in a way that blocks the presence of God. Because the words we speak out do have so much power. And you can choose to have the words that come out of your mouth bring life, bring love, bring hope. Or the words can bring bring worry, anxiety, unforgiveness. And it is one of those step-by-step processes. You won't be amazing in God's presence all the time straight away. But the more you choose him, the easier it becomes. And I love in Luke when it talks about um, angel Gabriel coming down to see Mary. And the thing he says about Gabriel was that he was in the presence of God. And the word to Mary came from the presence of God. Brought by Gabriel who had inhabited God's presence. So the words that we bring from the presence of God, they have power to create. They have power to bring life. But there's also a very intimate side to God's presence that he wants to meet meet you. He doesn't want to talk to you kind of through a door, kind of, you know, the confessionals where there's a curtain and you're kind of talking to him and he's there, you know, he's hearing, but you're not really seeing anything. He really wants to meet with you, face to face. And in Two Kings it talks about Josiah. There'd been a whole lot of bad kings as there usually is in in history before him but he had turned back to God and they'd found the book of the law that had been lost and the book of the law was being read out to Josiah and he was just suddenly just convicted by what he was hearing and he tore his robe and he wept in the presence of God and God reacted to that God responded so we, when we come and meet we God, and just bare our hearts to him, he reacts, he responds, he's not a distant father who just kind of hears your sorrow and your despair and is not moved. If you come to his presence and you share your hearts, he does respond. But I think the challenge with most of us is it's easy to experience the presence of God here when you're surrounded by people who share the same heart and the same spirit. But what happens when you step out? You go to work, you're reminded of your circumstances. Fear, anxiety, worry, unforgiveness, unbelief busyness, self-sufficiency. They're all things that can block the presence of God in your life. And it's not like there's kind of list A is everything that blocks God's presence and list B is everything that enables God's presence. But I just felt God say that in a way the issue doesn't matter. That it's kind of what blocks or what makes it difficult for you to focus on God. But he was saying that it's when our circumstances are bigger than our God. That's the problem. You cannot focus on his presence if your circumstances are bigger than your God. on the other hand if you believe that your God is bigger than the circumstances how good is that that there's nothing that can defeat you there's nothing that can hold you back there's nothing that can separate you from his love because he is good God and he loves you and he loves you an awful lot. He loves you so much that he gave his only son. He gave everything he had for you. And his plan has always been to have a relationship with us. To have a communion with us. If you think back to Garden of Eden, when the cool of the evening, God walked together with Adam and Eve and that's what he wants when we're in his presence. That's what he wants. That we're walking in the cool of the day with him. And if you think of Jesus, Jesus did only what he saw the Father do. And I think sometimes as a church, we do a bit too much with our looking. (laughs) Because as a human nature, it's much easier to do something than actually just wait and see what God reveals to us. But with Jesus, there was such an intimacy that whatever he did was what he had seen the Father do in heaven. And he released that on earth. And I I think that one of the things I really felt that enables God's presence is when we choose things that are like God's heart and God's mind. And if you think Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, running out of fingers, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And if those are the things that we go after in our daily life, The presence of God will just start to drip out of you. Oh, Anne, I've missed you. (laughs) I do. I have missed you, Anne. Your the yeah, it's wonderful to hear them again. But what's the seed you're investing in? When you go about it's usually my most testing moment of the day. It's about 8.30 in the morning when I need to have two kids ready to go to school, have my packed lunch ready for work and be ready to go to work. And quite oft- often, self-control is patience. is <laughs> not doing too well at those times. But it's a process of being aware what do I choose to do in this situation? Ideally, I would live in Nanny who would do all that for me, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I'll have to work on my character, unfortunately. This is better for me, but it's harder. But anything that's going to be worth investing in growing is going to be hard. And if you want to have good fruit in your life, you need to do the hard work of planting the seed and letting it grow. And you can't expect to plant a bad seed and miraculously have good fruit appear in your life. It just doesn't work. So what are you sowing in your life? In your day-to-day walk, what are you sowing? Are you choosing love? Are you choosing joy? Are you choosing peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control? Because we always have a choice. The presence of God is always there. So wherever we are, whatever we are doing, we can always choose to partner and be in line with the presence of God or we can choose to partner with our own beings or the world around us. And one of the things I felt is really key in this area is taking hold of your thought life and what goes in your mind. Because what you focus upon will start to manifest in your life. So if you have unforgiveness and bitterness going around in your thoughts, you aren't going to have loving relationships around you if that's the seed that you're sowing in your mind. And I just had a god really, it reminded me of a very silly example of this. And um, We've been, it's exam season, so we've had six weeks of clinical exams. So I've been in from 9 to 530 most days, sitting with the volunteer patients with the scenario they've been given in practice. And the students come in one by one, they have 10 minutes with the patients, and I have a big tick list, and I just tick, 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 when they do all the right things. Six weeks I've been doing that. Um, and it got to a point where in my sleep, I was going through the tick list, but that was because that's what i had invested my time doing during the day, all day. And it's not surprising I started to manifest in my dream life, so just to be aware of what you focus upon will manifest in your life. In this situation, there's a, I have to do the exams, I'm paid to do them, so I couldn't really avoid them. But it was just a, just a clear illustration of what you spend your time doing will manifest in your life. And I think that's why I feel thankfulness and forgiveness are such key concepts of enabling God's presence to break through in your life. because it, If you haven't had a so-so, please do have a so-so. Because it's just a, such a wonderful tool to see if there's any areas of forgiveness, unforgiveness, that you need to work through for you to enable to experience the fullness of God. And it's funny, it's not even usually a big things. Sometimes it can be just very silly little things. So I remember in my first so. It was something that had happened to me when I was six years old, and it wasn't even at the time. It was really a really major thing, but it had caused a lie to be planted in my mind about how I perceived God. And years later, in my kind of in my very log- logical side that appears every now and then, um, I knew it was a lie. I knew what Scripture said about God. I knew. He's my protector. He takes care of me. And I knew I could quote myself all the scriptures. But there was this tiny little lie that I was still believing. And it was literally, once the lie was there, then it was just asking God, what's the truth? You renounce the lie. You declare the truth. And the root is gone. So it's as simple as. And if you want to join the SoSo team, there are always available vacancies it's one of the most amazing privileges to see God just love on people and just bring them closer to themselves, themselves, himself. Um, so, back to the topic. But God really, he just wants to interact with you. He wants to engage with you. And he wants you to include him. In your daily life, he's just interested in you. It's a bit like when Henry comes home; we want to know what he's done during the day. Beyond the, I don't know. <laughs> 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 but we want to know, and it's the same with God. He wants to be part of your day. And I said earlier, worship is a wonderful key. <laughs> key. Because he does just love to inhabit our praise. There is a something when you focus on him, and just how wonderful he is, that he, you cannot but feel his presence. And I had, when I was pregnant with Henrik, there was uh, my blood pressure went up and down, and there was a whole load of things. So pretty much every single time I went to the midwife, they sent me to the hospital to have your blood pressure measured over an hour. And I just remember walking from the doctor's surgery to Ray Klain. And I just had tears going down my face because you, you have the fear, kind of, what if something's wrong? Just going all around in your mind. And usually I called David and he was going, to, oh, it's going to be absolutely fine. God said this, it's absolutely fine. But even then, I could hear the words, but I didn't really feel them in my spirit. So I, there was a song by Jason Upton that really me through those walks to the hospital, and it was in your presence, all fear is gone. And I just remember walking up to Rake Lane, past Morrisons, with tears down my face, and just speaking out those words, because my singing voice is kind of... Yes, I can sing, but I wouldn't, never be an opera star, but God loves my voice anyway. (laughs) But then usually by the time I got to the hospital... I could truly say, in your presence, all fear is gone. And his presence had filled me up. And my blood pressure was absolutely fine. Every single time. But there is a such a reality of God's presence that is available to each one of us. That he does just want to have a daily communion with you And the wonderful thing is that he's supposed to be joyous. It's not hard work. And I think sometimes we mixed up the religious spirits and fear of God. <laughs> because there is a side that it's good to have fear of God. But I think... When I was brought up in a church, I think that quite often got mixed up with religious spirits, which meant you had to sit a certain way, you had to have your face straight, women had to have their heads covered, no earrings, the whole lot. Oh, yes. <laughs> but the wonderful thing, it was up in Lapland, so the, all the, there was a couple of Sami women in the church, so they came in the church with their amazing red felt hats with all the tassels and the whole lot. So, they're probably kind of more of a spectacle than they would have been without the hats. But I do think that there has been a tendency to think that the religious spirit is actually a fear of God, whereas actually it's not. And I think there's been generations where we've been just told it's funny, it's not even almost told, but it's just kind of being put upon us that church can't be fun, <laughs> that you can't laugh. You can't have sense of humor, um, And they're all lies, yeah. because God is good, He's in good mood, and he loves joy and he loves laughter. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of think, we are the carriers of His presence. When you go out of this place, how many people do you think want to come to church if you go around with your face long, miserable as anything? It doesn't attract anybody. Whereas when you carry the true presence of God, there is love, joy, peace, the whole lot. People are attracted to you. They notice there's something about you. And I'm sure you all heard about Brother Lawrence, the monk somewhere a long time ago. Um, But his job was to do the washing up in the monastery. And it was pre-dishwashers. So he would have been there for a long time, scrubbing up the big pots, because they didn't either have gas cookers, so it would have been very burnt. We were in Africa, we saw them cook... ...whatever the goo was called. um, In these big pots, enormous, on an open fire. And it was kind of... the top part of it tasted very nice. And the bottom part of it was very, very burnt. So you can imagine in the medieval monastery or whenever, I'm sure Dave would tell me when Brother Lawrence was around. You can tell me later and then next time I'll know. Um, But it would have been pretty hard work without any fairy liquid, scrubbing away at these big pans. But he got to a point when he experienced God's presence when he was doing that. And he wrote a wonderful little book called about the practice of presence of God about how he trained himself. Because he got to a point where he realized, I'm scrubbing this pot for a long time, I may as well do something useful with myself. And he would experience the presence of God when he was washing up. And I think that's the wonderful thing for each one of us. You don't have to be in your closets, having your quiet time to experience the presence of God. He's there to be experienced all the time, wherever you are. I was in, 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 uh, cat's got my tongue this morning, but I was invitilating a or numeracy exam for the students. And it's funny when you walk into an exam room, and you can just sense the nervousness and the tension in the room. And I, was, uh, oh, "I got the presence of God with me. He's the God of peace, joy, love. So as I was invitulating, I was walking around. And I was releasing the presence of God into the room. And you could feel the atmosphere change. And I did declare that they would all get 100% as well. I haven't gone to check the results yet. (laughs) But that was my other prayer, because they have to get 80% to pass. You'd be thankful to know, because they'll be your future pharmacists. So there's a 20% chance that they make a mistake in their calculations. (laughs) But I did, that was my, I declared God's Peace. But I did also declare 100% success for each one of them. So I should really go back and check, check the results. But that's, you can have God's presence. It's there to be taken with you wherever you are. And it does change the atmosphere. It does change things around you. And it's, it's your awareness of his presence that makes a difference in the atmosphere. Because we know the truth is God's presence is all the time there. So that doesn't change. It's our awareness of his presence. And I had the exam times that has been really good for me and God. Um, because the other thing that happened, in you have, they're quite complicated, so I've been told these exams. But you basically got lots of people to manage, and lots of students to manage, and they go around different stations. So you have somebody called circuit leader, who makes su- sure everything runs smoothly and if the blood pressure arm stops working, you suddenly rush in with another one. You're basically there to make sure it runs smoothly. Um, and usually we have one of the lecturers who does them all, but for some reason they decided the level one exams that were run over six days. Some of the other ones we get to be the boss for the day. Um, And it was quite interesting, because after the day I'd been the circuit leader, one of the secretaries came to me and said, Lara, can't you just do them all the time? Because it was just so peaceful in there. And that, to me, was just just a real privilege to hear that. Because in in the natural, I didn't do anything different, because there's a procedure you have to follow. Because it's an exam, and you want to make sure it's the same over every single day. But just by being who I am, it changed the atmosphere in the room. And I think for each one of us, I'm sure you've walked into a house, you've walked into a shop, and you've suddenly been taken back by just the presence or atmosphere that's in it. But again, you've had the flip side. Where you walked into somebody's house or you walked into a shop or you met somebody and your spirit almost leaps because you just recognise there's something about them. Just makes you just feel alive, makes you feel loved, makes you feel joyous. And each one of us you have the opportunity to release God into the people around you through your awareness of who He is. And I loved, I think Joshua is one of the guys that I really enjoy reading about in the Bible. If you, th- if you kind of think back of the early days of Joshua, when he was Moses' little helper, and Moses went to meet with God in the tent of meeting, and presence of God showed up. And then Moses trotted off to tell the people whatever God said. And it says about Joshua, but young Joshua stayed in the presence of God. How amazing is that? He chose to be in the presence of God. And I just felt that God really wanted to encourage us all. What are you cultivating? What are you choosing? And I'm not really with experience the presence of God, it's an everyday thing. It's not kind of God loves to have your quiet times, just you and him in just being in the quiet room. But what, what we're talking about here is just having daily encounter with Him, wherever you are, in your conversations with the butcher or with my students. It's not even about the words that you say. It's about the presence of God, the atmosphere you carry, affecting them. And the wonderful thing with the presence of God is, it changes the way we think. That the more we focus on Him, the more likely are our thoughts to be in line with fruit of the Spirit. The less likely are we to be fearful and anxious, because that's not in the character of God. And why do you think Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who believed God's promises when they went into the Promised Land to spy? What made the difference? You had Joshua, who had spent time in the presence of God, and you had Caleb, who'd hung out with Joshua, and they rubbed off. And that made the difference in destiny of the whole nation. So, are you hanging out with God? When you're doing the washing up, telling your students off? I try. <laughs> In, in a way, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's not something that you have to be super spiritual to experience in your life. It's the simple choice of choosing God. Choosing to believe that your God is bigger than your circumstances. That whatever is going on around us, he's bigger, he's better And I love Moses' blessing to Joshua when Moses knew he was going to die and he was handing over the reins to Joshua. His blessing was that God will never leave you nor forsake you. There's always going to be with you. And I believe the reason was God's presence is the thing that makes difference. (laughs) Because Moses actually said to God, I'm not moving if your presence is not coming with with me. Because how else would people know we are your people? So presence of God separated the Israelites from the rest of the nations. And it's the same for us. Presence of God makes a difference and separates us from those around us who don't know Jesus yet. So, hopefully there's been a pep talk to encourage you to just just be aware that he's just there. He wants to bless you. He wants to have a communion with you. He wants to meet with you. And it's not kind of you don't have to spend hours and hours on your knees. It's just when you go about your daily life, You have a choice. Do I align myself with the presence of God and his heart? Or do I let my circumstances dictate my response? So, but the good thing is, the promise for each one of us is, he's always there for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And he has given you his peace. Amen.